Hello and welcome to Infinite Possibilities Abound. I'm your host, Debbie Wazner. Let's start off talking about, about having morning rituals, which I mentioned before. As I'm getting out of bed in the morning, I say thank you for another day. And when I step outside, I say thank you for another day, for all that I have, all that I am, and for all that I shall be. I start my day off on a positive note. And it's something that I recommend that you do, too. Start with positive energy, and you increase the chances of your day progressing smoothly. It's not a guarantee, because you can only control yourself. You cannot control others. Energy has an effect on your your body. Positive energy and positive thoughts increase the production of cell regenerative hormones. Negative energy, negative thoughts, increases the productions of stress hormones. Develop some phrases that are specifically for you or modify the ones that I just gave you to your particular needs. In my teenage days, my family was concerned about me being overweight. And when I go back and I look at a few pictures, I wasn't overweight at all. But that planted the seed that grew And so I dealt with being overweight for most of my life. I lost weight, I gained weight, I lost weight, I gained weight. I tried every kind of diet that there possibly was, which is not an uncommon thing. But what I really care about is being healthy, regardless of the weight. And I know carrying excess weight is not good for your joints or your circulatory system, but I don't hate my body. I love my body. I developed an affirmation or a poem to affirm that. It goes as follows. I love my body. I love my body. I love my body. It makes me so happy, excited, delighted, thrilled, and grateful that my body updates, invigorates, revitalizes, regenerates, and restores every cell and cellular structure to its best, highest, and most outstanding health, wealth, and abundance. I love my body, I love my body, I love my body. I call, command, and demand that my body updates, invigorates, revitalizes, regenerates, and restores every cell and cellular structure to its best, highest, and most outstanding health, wealth, and abundance. I love my body, I love my body, I love my body. It makes me so happy, excited, delighted, thrilled, and grateful for all the things that my body does for me on a continuous basis. I love my body, I love my body, I love my body. By divine grace and unconditional love, so be it. The human body is an amazing conglomeration of cells and tissues. And I believe that the body listens to our words. And so if we ask it to do something, and we say it often enough, it will begin to do things for us that we've asked. There's so much about the human body that science doesn't know about. So I tend to err on the side of being positive about the human body's capabilities. We think of play as something for children and not for adults. But play is very important for adults. You know, life can be difficult or it can be simple. Most people work but don't balance their life with play. Work needs play to relax as a way of shifting gears. Every human being needs to have fun, to laugh, and be filled with joy, 
to be silly and playful in daily life and to be truly entertained by the magnificence and wonder of life and nature. Life has many facets, which includes a sense of humor, the ability to laugh and feel joy, to delight in the amusing and the stunning beauty and quirky happenings each day in spite of the strange, sometimes dark, and unusual mysteries. Your life's journey and spiritual path can be demanding. You may feel emotional, physical, and psychological exhaustion. The mere thought of play can seem outrageous and even laughable, but play is a gift to shift the gears. It's an invitation to cast away lingering shadows of the past for a change of pace to refresh and renew the brightness of, of your light and heart. Fun, joy, and laughter is your divine right. And play can be many things. It does, it's not the same thing for everybody. Maybe it's going to the park or a garden where you admire the diversity of flowers, dogs, people, butterflies, or trees. You could engage in a game of some sort or singing in the shower, playing air guitar, reading a book by your favorite author, watching your favorite movie, going or hosting a party, taking photographs, playing with your kids. The possibilities are almost limitless. Play can heal when you commit to being fully present and available in the moment. Play lightens your heart and lifts your mood. Your life's journey should include play, which helps to balance, brighten, and renew your body, mind, and spirit. Now, I have a couple of affirmations. I call, command, and demand divine love, liberate the playful delight of love within me and all of humanity so that everyone feels the joy, jubilation, and pleasure of play in all its aspects. By divine grace and unconditional love, so be it. I call, command, and demand to release any fear, guilt, or shame about being happy, play, joy, or laughter. By divine grace and unconditional love, so be it. What is happiness? For me, it's a feeling or a state of well-being and contentment. And many words can be used to describe what happiness is. Bliss, joy, delight, lightheartedness, satisfaction, contentment. Happiness comes from the inside of you to the outside of you. No one else can make you happy, and you have to stop telling yourself that you can solve everybody else's issues and make them happy. Trying to rationalize your own dissatisfaction by somehow pretending that it's fine or even noble to be miserable. You deserve to be happy. You have to accept that you deserve to be happy. Many times there are countless little things that we have to do that we may not like, in order to accomplish something that will bring us even more happiness. It's sometimes referred to as paying the price for success in advance. Happiness has many components. One exercise you can do is to identify your moments of greatest happiness and joy. What sort of things were you doing? Who were you doing them with? We all have areas of excellence, things that we do really well, or that were even outstanding at doing and performing. You have to define that area for yourself and then take steps to move forward and towards that achievement. You want to resolve to do what you love to do and commit to doing it 
the best you possibly can. I said earlier that happiness is an inside job. That means that happiness is your responsibility. You're 100% responsible for your life and for everything that happens to you. And then persist. Develop self-discipline if you're lacking in that area. Your persistence is a measure of your belief in yourself and in your abilities to succeed in any area of your life. You have special gifts and purposes along with unique talents and abilities that you can utilize and tap into to become happy or even happier. You have the capacity to have and live a life filled with great joy, satisfaction than you believe is possible. Become the best person you're capable of being. Be of service and of help. Be of service and of help to others. And you unlock your potential and open the door for greater happiness. And your future can become unlimited. I've spoken in past episodes about the importance of your thoughts. How they drive your reality. Your thoughts create your reality. This is a universal principle. I want you to go back to the last unpleasant moment you had, but we don't want to linger there long. When replaying an an unpleasant situation or reliving a past hurt, disappointment, or an annoyance, the more you think about it, the more time you devote to it, the more vivid it becomes. You're giving it life. And there's this strange thing about the mind. It can't tell the difference between something that is real or something that is, that is being remembered or imagined. Thoughts trigger emotions, which will either take us into an, a period of inaction or jolt us into action. These emotions can lead us in a downward spiral of hurt, anger, and despair, or an upward spiral of joy, happiness, hopefulness, elation. Our thoughts flood our minds with images. You want to become the master gardener of your thoughts. Think of your thoughts like seeds. Our minds are the fertile soil. So those negative thoughts are like weeds that you've planted in your garden. Now you have to go back and rip those out. Whereas the positive thoughts are like flowers that have bloomed. Thoughts carry a vibration, a frequency. Some thoughts cause our, vibra- our vibration to increase, soar, take flight. Other thoughts and images cause our vibration to plummet and fall. Your own personal experience is proof of this. I know it is in my life. Whenever I hear about or read something that's been you know, a horrible accident or natural disaster, it knocks the wind out of your sails. But the truth is, you can restore that wind back into your body, raise your vibration back to where it was. It's totally under your control. You get to direct your thoughts or choose your own mindset. Outside influences will influence your mindset. You want to feel the negative thoughts, vibrations, and emotions and let them flow through you and allow you to return to your higher vibrational state. But we each get to choose the direction of our thoughts, our perceptions, our actions, and reactions. Is the glass half empty or is the glass half full? I'm a half full type of person. You can choose 
your vibrational frequency by choosing positive thoughts and thinking. You can choose faith before there's even any reason to warrant it. You can choose creation instead of destruction, empowerment instead of victimhood, kindness over hate, light over dark. Everything in your life begins with your thoughts and you get to choose the direction. And from that direction, you create your reality. When my mom got sick in 2015 and we went to the hospital, it was determined that she had a very serious infection in her lungs, in her lung. A drain tube was inserted and over two liters of pus and debris out of that tube. They didn't know what was causing the infection, so they started her on a round-the-clock selection of different antibiotics. And unfortunately, she didn't really respond to the normal antibiotics. So they had to go to the antibiotic of last choice, which saved her life but damaged her kidneys. Your kidneys clean and filter your blood, removing waste and keeping the fluids in proper balance. They're also involved in the endocrine system. So my mom developed chronic kidney disease. And about one in seven Americans are dealing with chronic kidney disease. And many don't know it because when the kidneys begin to fail, there's no real sign of that issue. Kidneys are about the size of your fist, located under your rib cage on either side of your spine. Kidneys excrete urea, which is made made by the liver as a byproduct of protein metabolism and is a major component of urine. The body has no ability to store excess protein, so excess has to be excreted by the kidneys. The kidneys also remove other waste products from drugs, pharmaceuticals, and other chemicals that aren't native to the human body. They regulate the electrolyte balance by continuously filtering your blood. So they regulate sodium, potassium, and other vital minerals. The kidneys filter about 200 quarts of fluid every 24 hours. And since the average human has about five quarts of blood, each drop of blood flows through the kidneys about 40 times a day. Kidneys also produce a variety of hormones that interact with other organs. They convert vitamin D3 into its active form in the body that supports the immune system your skin, bones, and other vital functions. In my mom's case, her kidneys were damaged by the antibiotic of last resort, which is a well-known side effect of that particular antibiotic. But chronic kidney disease generally happens over time and is usually the result of diabetes or hypertension. In my mom's case, her kidney disease was generally stage four. It would get a little bit better or it would get a little bit worse. My mom had made up her mind that she was not going to do dialysis. That's not how she wanted to live. And as seen as how she was 80 years old when this happened and 85 when she died, she had a good life. So when the kidneys fail, the rest of the body suffers. There are increased risks for the overaccumulation of fluids in the lungs, weak bones, a failing immune system, malnutrition, and even heart disease. For most people suffering of chronic kidney disease, there may be a genetic component, but it's mostly lifestyle choices. High blood pressure, 
diabetes, high blood sugar, smoking, increase the risk of chronic kidney disease. There are laboratory tests that can be used to confirm a diagnosis. They can do a, me a metabolic profile, a CMP test, and what they're going to try and determine is the GFR, which is the globular filtration rate. They can also do imaging of the kidney and examine its structure. We dealt with my mom's chronic kidney disease through diet, herbs, and vitamins. But gentle exercising, like walking, can be helpful. Smoking has a tremendous negative impact on the body. And by stopping smoking, it can have a positive impact on kidney disease. And as, like everything else in life, getting good sleep is a very positive helps with positive outcomes. The ideal diet for the treatment of chronic kidney disease is to replace animal protein with plant protein and emphasizes high fiber foods as well as low fat foods. The increased fiber changes the gut bacteria and lowers the amount of uremic toxins. The doctors will want laboratory tests on a regular basis so that they can monitor phosphorus, sodium, potassium, albumin, creatinine, BUN, vitamin D. My mom lived almost six years with her, with her chronic kidney disease before she passed away. And up until five days before her death, she had a, a pretty good quality of life. Since chronic kidney disease develops over time, you or a loved one could be suffering from that disease right now. So take some time and do some research. Evaluate how you feel and how those around you are feeling and acting. Make the necessary to improve your overall health. Here in the Midwest, we've entered into lightning bug season. I'm just fascinated by these little creatures. And we're not quite at peak flashing, but it's so amazing to watch. Flashes from every direction, high and low, east, west, north, and south. Around my location, they start flashing about 9.30, and after midnight, they're really very bright and entertaining. So if you have some lightning bugs in your area, go out and watch them and be amazed. Do you have pets, or do you want some pets? Around 69% of the households who have pets in the United States have dogs. Cats are next at about 45% of the households, followed by freshwater fish, birds, small animals like guinea pigs and hamsters, reptiles, horses, and saltwater fish. The American Veterinary Medical Association states, your pet owning experience will be more enjoyable if you consider carefully what type of pet best suits your family, home, and lifestyle. Unfulfilled expectations are the leading reason why people give away, abandon, or give up pets for adoption. So invest the time and effort to make an informed decision and ensure the years with your future pet are happy ones. There are costs that come with owning a pet, and that has to be taken into consideration. And you're making a commitment to take care of that pet for as long as they live. So there are going to be veterinary costs, costs for food or accidents, unexpected injuries. So it's important to consider this when determining if you 
can care for a pet, then your lifestyle also matters to which kind of pet you choose. Are you active? Do you travel? Are you a homebody? All of this matters when choosing a pet. People think birds are easy. That's a false narrative. Birds are highly intelligent. They need interaction for a couple of hours every day. They require consistent mental stimulation and a rich environment. And do you already have pets? What is that interaction going to be like? Many times senior pets are not appreciative of younger animals coming into their space and environment. And it can cause a great deal of stress to your current pet. Depending on where you live, a house, an apartment, a townhouse, they may have restrictions on the type of pets and the number of pets you can have. And there may be local ordinances that may be restricted in your area. An example would be pot-bellied pigs. Another consideration is who's going to be caring for this animal, for this pet, and how much will they need help from an adult or others in the family. In my case, I've discovered two litters of kittens and adopted Eddie and Mark from the first litter. My neighbor adopted the other two kitties. My Mark died about 18 months ago. Eddie is still with me, and he's he just turned 13, and he's very territorial. So I haven't gotten another animal, because I don't think that Eddie would really care for that. I even wrote a children's book and put up on Amazon called Kittens Discovered that used a lot of the pictures that I had taken. Sharing your life with a pet will provide you with companionship, love, happiness, and joy. But it's important to pick an animal that best fits your life. I'm fascinated by nature and like watching all sorts of birds, insects, butterflies. One of our local parks has a bald eagle, which is kind of unusual for the state of Indiana. But they're becoming more common, I should say. I've only seen that eagle out at this out at this park a couple of times, and it's huge. In fact, bald eagles are the largest raptor in the United States. Its range is most of North America, which includes Canada and Mexico and the United States. In reading up on eagles, they said that instead of fishing for themselves, eagles like to poach the catch of others. So they'll harass a smaller bird until they drop their catch and the eagle goes and claims it for itself. It's been reported that bald eagles will hunt together. They'll cooperate where one will flush prey out towards their partner. The largest bald eagle nest was discovered in St. Petersburg, Florida. This giant nest was 10 feet in diameter and 20 feet tall. There was another nest in Vermilion, Ohio that was reportedly shaped like a wine glass and weighed over two tons. It was used for 34 years until the tree was blown over. Male and female bald eagles are identical in plumage coloration, but the females are 25% larger than the males, which is normal in the raptor family. And they have a long lifetime. In the wild, an eagle was known to have lived for 28 years and in captivity for 36 years. Bald eagles prefer mature stands of, hard, of hardwoods 
or coniferous trees for perching, nesting, and roosting. The height or the species of the tree is not as important as being near water. And while we're fascinated by bald eagles, fascinated by human beings, and prefer areas free from human disturbance. I want to thank you for joining me on today's episode and hope you will come back again next week for another episode of Infinite Possibilities Abound. I'm your host, Debbie Wasner, and have a fabulous, outstanding, wonderful week.